0: Chapter 1 Dear Diary They say one day you wake up and you just know. You know that all those days of having bad skin, lousy hair, and mood swings like April weather are over. No more teenage drama, no more heartbreaks over silly boys. You just know you've grown up. Unless I don't wake up to a world taking me seriously and accepting me as an adult anytime soon. I don't believe what they say. People love fairy tales way too much. It's the only way to bear the hell of a reality we're living in. Alicia Liechtenstein was smart and confident and beautiful, yet people tended to overlook her. Not in the moments she passed them by in the hallway at school or when she was performing with the cheerleaders. No one missed her favorite coffee order, but everyone seemed to miss the girl that's hiding underneath the pretty surface. Maybe it's a guard she put up herself, a safe distance protecting her from any possibility of getting hurt. Alicia liked being in charge and having things go her way, guaranteed. When her ground consisted of safety, she wasn't walking, she was soaring, but never on her own, always with her her three best friends, Saf, Amy, and Emma. The girls have been a strong quartet since middle school. Growing up in the same neighborhood, their bond only formed when Emma James and her family moved into the empty house on Elderberry Road, right next to Savannah River's family home. Emma was a talented athlete, about to join the regional league girls hockey team when she broke her ankle and had to quit practice. Something similar happened to Amelia LeBlanc while she was outside playing with her little brother. She fell off her bike and ended up in a hospital bed right next to Emma. Savannah knew Amelia from Sunday school, so her mother sent her over one Sunday afternoon to bring Amelia notes of what she'd missed to the hospital. She ended up emptying the whole box of chocolates with Emma and Amelia, painting her toenails pink for the first time, and the three of them soon became inseparable. Alicia was the last to join the group. After spending a year abroad with her parents and little sister, she returned to the town of Feeney, feeling a little estranged with who she was when they had left. She felt like she'd changed throughout her time in Kyoto, finding it immensely unfair that she was forced to repeat year six in middle school. She'd probably have ended up as a loner in class if it wasn't for Amy, Emma, and Seth, who took Alicia under their wing. Together, they had made it to 12th grade, going through puberty, exploring their sexuality, learning about their identities, and dreaming of a future that felt only minutes away at the dawn of the upcoming finals, their very last prom, and then... Freedom. For most teenagers, freedom begins at the mall. The first time their parents let them go and meet up with their friends all on their own, they felt like giants. That venom green slushy your mom never gets for you? You'll buy as many as you can down until your puke turns the very same color when you get back home from the mall. We've all been there, believe me. For Alicia, the mall was her personal playground. She started modeling when she was 14, finding her face in more and more spots all over town. Her most recent gig had been an advertisement for a summer line of perfumes at the drugstore, which was where she was headed to see the poster. What she discovered in the window of said drugstore wasn't as pleasant as she'd expected, though. Um, excuse me? She spotted one of the employees and waved her over. Hey, what is this? The sales lady came to a halt next to Alicia and looked at the poster. Once she saw what Alicia was seeing, she grunted, then quickly covered her mouth to stop herself from laughing. Alicia glared at her. That's not funny. Who did this? Someone had used a black marker and doodled all over the poster, decorating Alicia's face with pimples, a beard, and a missing tooth, and hair that didn't even resemble her soft black curls. She looked distorted, to say the least. I'm so sorry. I have no idea, the sales lady said once she managed to contain herself. We just hung it this morning. And nobody saw that someone came in here and did this? The sales lady shook her head. Maybe it already looked this way. I don't remember. Alicia gasped. No, it did not. I don't look like that at all. The only response from the sales lady was a shrug. Alicia's anger started boiling. Okay, then, take it down. I'm sorry, I can't do that. Don't you have another one? Just this one, the sales lady said. Well, it's my face on the poster, and I don't want it to be up there looking like this, Alicia stated and crossed her arms in front of her chest to show she was being steadfast. Maybe you shouldn't be modeling if you're so insecure about your face, the sales lady replied and simply turned around and walked away. Alicia couldn't believe what she just heard, and was about to run after her when a thought crossed her mind. She knew exactly who did this. In fact, it was so painfully obvious, she was surprised she hadn't realized it sooner. Now she wasn't sure if she should laugh or cry, but she was still content on having the poster taken down. And if the sales lady wasn't going to do it, she'd just do it herself. She had to stand on her tiptoes in order to reach the top of the poster and started pulling it down. The paper ripped apart right in the middle, leaving half her face still up and the other half in her hands. Excuse me, miss? A male voice sounded behind her. What do you think you're doing? What does it look like I'm doing? She replied without turning around. I'm going to have to ask you to please step away from the window. Hey, are you the owner of this place? Alicia was hopeful that she'd finally found someone who actually cared about what was going on. There's a problem with this poster. I'm sure we can... She paused the second she looked over her shoulder and spotted a police officer in full uniform giving her a serious look. Great, she murmured under her breath. He raised his eyebrows. Can you explain to me why you would vandalize the window display of this drugstore? Alicia gave her best to sound calm. Like I said, there's a problem with the poster. The officer tilted his head and looked at the remains of the poster hanging crookedly in the window. I can see that. You destroyed it. No, I took it down because someone else destroyed it, Alicia clarified. Sure. He seemed unimpressed. I'm going to talk to the store owner, and if he wants to press charges against you, you'll have to come to the police department with me. Please wait here. I beg your pardon? Alicia ran after the officer. "'Seriously, I don't know what's up with her. She came in here all hysterical and wanted me to take down the poster just because the editor didn't Photoshop all her moles away,' the saleswoman said to the officer with an annoyed eye roll. "'I see,' he nodded. "'I'll take care of it.'" "'It's not about the moles,' Alicia protested. "'I'm missing a front tooth.'" Twenty minutes later, she sat on the most uncomfortable chair humankind has ever seen in front of Detective Weiser's desk. She figured his name from the tag on his uniform. The jacket was hanging over the back of his chair, which looked a thousand times more comfortable than hers. All right, Miss Leichtenstein, Alicia replied reluctantly, hoping Weiser would perceive her angry glare like a dagger through his chest. He seemed unbothered, though. Do you also have a first name, Miss Lichtenstein? Would it be legal if I didn't? Weiser returned her glare with a straight face, not giving in to her comment for even an instant. Alicia, she replied eventually. There you go. He began typing away on his computer as the ticking clock on the wall behind him seemed to go slower and slower with every move of the second hand. Alicia examined Weiser a little closer. Noticing how young he actually looked, his dark blonde hair was cut short on the sides, leaving the top a little longer, and his blue eyes reflected the light of the computer screen. She couldn't quite determine his age, wondering why she had never noticed him around Feeney before. Are you new here? she asked, tilting her head to the side. He paused. Why are you asking? Because I've never seen you here before, she replied truthfully. I didn't work here yet when you were here a year ago, if that's what you mean. His voice sounded normal, but he must be aware that his words transported a message. Breaking into the hospital's archive, wrecking a store window, let's not make this his theme, huh? If he wanted to play bad cop, she'd play along. I can show you my boobs if you empty my record in return, then you don't have to worry about there being a theme anymore. Weiser bit his lower lip to stop himself from smirking, which didn't go by Alicia, leaving her satisfied. One shot, one hit. First of all, that would be highly inappropriate, Weiser said. And second of all, it would earn you another entry for harassment, which never looks good on a resume. Oh, Alicia made. Too bad. The printer on Weiser's desk purred and spat out a document which he placed in front of Alicia. You'll be charged a $500 penalty fee. If you don't pay until June 21st, that makes two nights in prison for you. Please sign here, Ms. Liechtenstein. Alicia sighed reluctantly and signed the document, jotting her name in the designated field. Actually, I'd like to press charges myself. Weiser lifted his eyebrows. Against whom? Maria de la Cruz. Weiser seemed unable to follow, so Alicia went on, the person who distorted my picture. Do you have anything that proves your accusations? Weiser asked. Of course she didn't. My intuition tells me it was her. Yeah, that's not how this works. Maria Delacruz has been trying to compete with Alicia ever since they both hit puberty and discovered that being pretty was actually a key to almost every door. Alicia never knew why Maria was so obsessed with proving she was better than her. They actually used to be friends when they were little, but time changes, apparently. I'm sure you have ways to find out those kind of things. Isn't that your job, detective? I can't just ignore a person's right to privacy and start an investigation on what they've been up to because someone asks me to, Weiser said. The little flare of his nostrils was hardly noticeable, but still a sign of him losing his patience with Alicia. Maybe she was able to push him a little further but she was probably just wasting her time. I see. She picked her back up from the floor and stood up. I guess that means we're done here. When she got back into her car, Alicia pulled her phone out of her bag to call her friends. They had been planning on spending the evening together, but it was already late now. She had a few text messages from them asking her where she was alongside two missed calls from Amy. She replied that they'd never believe what happened to her, and she'd tell them the next day at school. And then she noticed a new chat that popped up with a message sent from an unknown number. Did you like my art piece? Call me the next Michelangelo if you want. For a quick second, Alicia considered heading straight back into the police department and showing this text to Wiser, but he'd made it clear that he wasn't willing to help her. So instead, she typed her reply. You are going to regret this. It took less than a minute for the other person to answer it with a new text. We'll see which one of us has more regretting to do. Is she threatening me? Alicia thought out loud and dumped her phone back into her bag. She didn't have the nerve to send those ridiculous texts to Maria. If she had something to say to Alicia, she should say it to her face or not at all.